0: Great privilege and an honor for me to be with you again today. And hopefully, God, by the Holy Spirit, will use me to be a blessing to you. And I trust that as we share around the Word of God and look at unwrapping the miracle of Christmas, something will trigger in your heart and that God will stir something. You know, because I was just thinking about the song that we were singing. One of the songs, the words was, I need you. And it's true. When we come to church, we need to remind ourselves every time we come, how much we need Jesus and how dependent we are upon him to really live out his mission here on the earth. And Before I get into the message, I'd just like to encourage you, really, to... Reach out to people who have not yet experienced the joy and the freedom that comes when we embrace what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Wow, I can hardly believe that it's already Christmas. I'm not into the shopping frenzy, so I don't count down the days. But of course, we are in the season of Advent, and that is very important. And so... We're gonna be looking at Mary, and I think Hope did a great job. Uh, She's one of the people on staff in Whitbank in that little um, depiction that you had earlier on. I think she did a great job, but we're gonna be looking at Mary's life today. We're gonna look at her. She's the character that we're looking at today. But before I do that, I wanna share this story with you, and I want you to listen very carefully to this story. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question at the end of the story, all right. There was this police officer who pulled over a guy for speeding and the conversation went something like this. It was something like this. Officer, may I see your driver's license? Driver, I don't have one. I lost it after the fifth DUI, which is driving drunk under the influence or driving under the influence. So the officer says, may I see the owner's card for the vehicle? Driver, uh, it's not my car. I stole it. <laughs> officer, the car is stolen? Driver, that's right. But, but come to think of it, I, I think I saw it in the glove compartment when I put my gun in there. Officer, there's a gun in the glove department? Driver, yes sir. That's where I put it after I shot the woman who owned the car and put it into the boot. Officer, there's a body in the boot or the trunk, whichever you want to look at it. Yes, sir. And on hearing this, the officer decided to call his captain. And uh, immediately, the car was surrounded with police. And the captain cautiously approached the car to handle this very tense situation. So the captain says, sir, can I see your license? driver says, yeah, sure, here it is. He looked at it, it was a valid license. Captain, whose car is it? Driver, it's mine. Uh, Here's the card for the car. Captain, can you slowly open the glove compartment? I want to see if there's a gun inside. Driver, yes, sir? But there's no gun. So as he opened, the captain looked inside. And sure enough, there was no gun. So the captain said to him, would you you just mind opening the boot? I was told that there was a dead body inside the boot. So the boot was open. No body. So the captain says, I don't understand it. The officer who stopped you, he he, he said that you said to him that... uh, you don't have a license. You stole the car. You had a gun in the glove compartment, and there was a dead body in the boot. I just don't understand it. He said, so the driver responded, and said, yeah, I bet he told you that I was speeding too. <laughs> so what, what, would, what would you have done if you were the officer who stopped the guy for speeding? It's unbelievable. I mean, how would you have responded, all right? Now, bearing that in mind, as unbelievable as that story is, I want us to look at the scriptures this morning and the text that I'm going to be using and referring to. Uh, and I want to do the whole text right now. It comes from Luke's Gospel, the first chapter. And we're going to read from verse 26 to 38. And uh, I've got it in NIV. It says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married, or engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. He was a descendant of David. And the virgin's name, as we already discovered, was Mary. And then the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. with God I am the Lord's servant Mary answered may it be unto me as you have said and then the angel left her just think about yes Mary okay uh, perhaps thinking of the marriage thinking about all the things that need to go you know maybe maybe she was thinking well, you know, I am engaged. We're going to get married soon. Uh, we're going to have children. We want to have children. Uh, and she's probably in her mind thinking, you know, the kids are quarreling about who's going to sit, you know, in the front of their four by four, who's going to sit in the front of the camel, you know, uh, seeing herself as the perfect patient mother, you know, sorting the whole thing out. And then suddenly this image is blown as the angel appears before her. Do you think his entrance was welcomed? Well, it wasn't really. It wasn't welcome at all. The scripture says that Mary was greatly troubled. I mean, how would you respond if an angel just appeared in front of you? All right? Says, "Greatly troubled at his words," and uh, she kind of thought, "What kind of what kind of greeting is this? What kind of greeting is this?" And suddenly, this angelic visit brings chaos to Mary's life. Suddenly this intervention turns her world upside down. Changes things dramatically. I mean, if you look into her world and if you look into our world, we find many similarities that leave us troubled. You see, you need to understand the context here. The country was under the rule and dominion of the Roman Empire. Okay, It was a military Uh, situation uh, that they were under and obviously living under that kind of thing made life dark and dangerous and you know what here comes the added strain and the stress I mean I've got to contend with all of this kind of stuff going on as an Israelite and now I've got the added stress and strain of you know this angelic visitation I wonder if I'm going cuckoo You know, am I going nuts? Do I need to have a visit to the psychiatrist? I mean, how would you respond? How would you respond? Something totally unfamiliar, an angelic being visiting and then interrupting your entire life. and You know what? There are people today that are under strain in this dark world that we are living in because the world is dark. And the Bible says that the world will become darker and darker, okay? But those who love the Lord and live for Him will shine brighter and brighter. You know, we we want to live in hope and we want to believe that things are going to get better in this world. But, you know, if we look at the thing contextually, uh, we need to understand that before it's ever going to get better, it's going to get worse. You see, so, I mean, how many of you here this morning have got investments in the stock market or money in offshore accounts, and you know what it's like when you look at the newspapers, when you hear these fund managers, when you hear these uh, gurus as far as finance and investment is concerned, when you hear what they say, okay, because you see your money being dwindled as the stock market just plunges, and you hear these people, and they tell you that for the immediate future, it's going to be a bit bleak, uh, you know, so don't put too much hope in the recovery of those investments. What about all the suicide bombers? What, what about all those things that are happening? What, what about the retaliatory strikes? What about all the terrorism that's going on in the world today? What about all of these things? You know, People being abducted, people being abused, what, what about the situation where there's so much illegal drug trade going on? Large-scale fraud, large-scale fires burning large tracts of property, homes and lives being lost throughout the world. You know, it, it really, when we look at the bigger picture, the similarities are the same as what they had in that day. Okay? You open up the newspaper, look at the TV. These are the things that fill the daily news that we are uh, subjected to. And so, you know, if I look into the Bible, we find Mary's friends and family and countrymen suffered similar uh, unstable, troubling times. All right, now, both politically and also uh, economically. Now, I know that the text doesn't mention it, but I'm sure that they were subjected to the same kind of things that were happening tragedy, illness, because oftentimes we say, but now, look at that good person. That person served the Lord, and then suddenly they're struck with cancer, or whatever, you know. And so there's all those kind of things, you know, death and financial worries in their daily lives as well. Now, think about the terror. Just think about it. I mean, we hear about terrorism, bomb, suicide bombers. You see this going on. But think about these people stepping outside of their homes and seeing these crosses wherever they were under the dominion of the Roman Empire as they took people, nailed them to crosses so that everybody could see what would happen if they went against the rule of law that the Romans had imposed upon them every day. So don't think that it was so wonderful in those days. We need to look at the thing contextually. They were also filled with a terror that came, daily reminding them of these Romans. And so as they looked around them, there seemed to be little uh, hope or control that they had over their own future. But I love these words. Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Wouldn't it be lovely if an angel came? Hi, you who are highly favoured. Yeah. Wow, there really is a God. and Maybe I can get all my, 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 my answers to the questions that I've got about God. You know, uh, let me talk, let me visit, let, let me chat to this angelic being, okay? Can you imagine how, how wonderful that would be? all right? To be highly favored, I mean, that would be awesome. Can can you just think if you were in the top five sporting personalities, say in golf or tennis or whatever sport you like, and you're one of the top five, hey, hi, you're highly favored. I mean, to be favored or highly favored would mean a contract, would mean a future secured, would mean mega bucks, would mean Great opportunities, that's what goes on in our mind when we think of somebody that is highly favoured. So, you know, how nice. We all want to make big time. We all want to make big cash. But you know, is that really what it is to be highly favoured, you know? Does it mean to be highly favoured you're going to enjoy good life and perhaps gain prestige and social standing and wealth and good health? Well, this certainly wasn't the case with Mary. This highly favored one of God, whom the angel declared unto her, the Lord is with you. Verse 29, it says it, told us. Then he said, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, I'm highly favored. No, no, the Bible says she was troubled. What kind of greeting can this be? You know, What's going on here? You know, what, what what is going on, all right? what What is going on here in this situation? So, I don't know. What would go through her mind that you're going to have a child? You're a virgin, you've never been with a man. How troubling is that? What kind of greeting is this? I mean, instead of welcoming that news, all right, she was going through her mind, um, you know, am I going to be accused of committing adultery? I mean, after all, I'm engaged to Joseph. I mean, how's he going to handle this thing? He's going to think that I was unfaithful to him and we would pledged each other till marriage. We wouldn't get involved in that area of intimacy until the wedding night. And now suddenly uh, he discovers this. What possible ridicule could come from the villagers, you know, you, you, you know even as Christians how we love to gossip. Have you seen Mary? Have you seen Mary? Huh? Her tummy's getting a bit big. I wonder if Joseph is the father. You know? Can you imagine? Put yourself in that position. Highly favored. The Lord is with you. And now you're subjected to all this kind of stuff going on. And then to crown it all being forced by the Romans to take a journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem just because there was some stupid government census for you to be numbered and just become a number. I mean, how many of you, when you go to a place and they want to know, uh, what's your account number? Uh, You go to the doctor, even some of the doctors, they say, what's your file number? You know, I go to the doctor, I said, I don't have a file number, I have a name. We we want to be treated like people. We don't want to be treated like animals or, or, or possessions. And yeah, they're subjected to this, you know, highly favoured, and this is what's coming on down the road, all right. And then imagine, well, as men we can't, but imagine being a woman, nine months pregnant, you know, really just. I know when when my wife was carrying our firstborn, and 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 he was supposed to come on the 16th of December and eventually arrived on the 12th of January and in the heat of summer in Natal, we were walking around. You know, my wife just couldn't stand it anymore. She could hardly walk. Can you imagine having to do this journey nine months pregnant and you can hardly walk? I mean, highly favoured. See, we have this crazy idea in our minds what it's going to be, all right? Highly favoured. There was no wealth. I mean, there was no recognition. There was no royal title for Mary. After all, she was going to give birth to a king. There wasn't even any sign of this kingdom appearing. And perhaps this Christmas, like Mary, you also find that you've been through a difficult year. You know... But I want you to understand that even though what you've gone through, you are favored by God. No matter what the losses are that you've suffered, no matter the difficult times that you've been through, no matter what you've been subjected to, I want you to understand one thing this morning. You are highly favored by God in this place. Right now, you are highly favored. Maybe you've been misled. Maybe you feel that you've been misguided by God because it's so easy sometimes for us to put expectations upon God and when they don't realize we think, well, God has kind of like taken us on a journey, let us down in a big way. Maybe you might even sit here this morning and feel that you've been betrayed. And when you look at those things, because that's our tendency, we tend to look at our experiences And then we measure God's love and God's favor against those things. I don't want you to measure it that way. God wants you to measure yourself by what he says. And he says that you are highly favored. Can I quickly just share these scriptures with you from Ephesians chapter 1? It's not going to come up. But I'm just going to quickly give it to you in Ephesians uh, five, chapter 1, verse 3 to 5 from the New Living Testament. I want you to listen carefully. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ even before the world was made. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Now if that is not highly favored, then I don't know what is. That God before the foundation of the world chose us Just like the angel came and God chose Mary specifically so that his plan of redemption could be worked out in the earth. So that you and I, decades later, thousands of years later, can come and understand how awesome God is. How great his love is towards us. You see, because how often when we come to the Christmas story, we just want to focus on me and what I'm going to get out of it. But what we should be doing is focusing on him and what he has done for us and what we can get out of that rather than the material things and understand the spiritual implications of what he has done for us. And that's why we come to celebrate. You see, so in response to Mary's troubled feelings, the angel Gabriel spoke these words. He said, do not be afraid. Do not. And God is saying the same thing to you and to me this morning. Do not be afraid see, God has you in his hands, and no matter what you may suffer, because sometimes we do go through those things. God doesn't, as Andrew said, take pleasure in seeing his children suffer, but sometimes suffering is necessary for our well-being to bring us to maturity and to make us stronger in our faith. You see, it's how we look at the thing that is very important, how we interpret it Is very important. So no matter what you might go through, all right, don't be afraid. God's got you in his hand this morning, okay? I want you to just repeat to yourself, say this, I'm chosen of God. I'm favored of God. Keep reminding yourself that you're chosen, you are favored, all right? And the best gift of Christmas for you and for me should be in this, that God loves me. God loves me, okay? He's for me. He holds my future in his hand and I cannot become captive to that future. You see, because his future, he says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are good. See, when your future is in his hand, that future is liberating no matter what we go through. It's still liberating and that future cannot capture us because he's got our future in his hand. So, Just for this Christmas, these are my words for you, do not be afraid. See, for Mary, the temporal trial of giving birth to a son born out of marriage means a future where the whole world was going to be blessed. Her son's name was going to be Jesus, okay? He's going to save his people. He'll be the son of the Most High, and uh, he'll be the son of God. And through him, the entire world can come and be saved. And so God in his infinite wisdom had a plan. God knew our need, that we needed a saviour. God knew that we had a need for Christmas because the whole story starts with Christmas. You see, he knew that we needed a touch of his hand to feel his presence on the one hand and yet to perhaps be um, subject to the things of the world in the other hand but not alone. Because I'm in this world, but I'm not on my own. Because he's with me and he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. That's what he tells us. So I have that confidence because he loves me. His presence is with me. No matter what I'm going through, he's going to give me the ability. He's going to take me through to the other side. And that's the beauty of him. All right? See, God knew that we were drowning in sin. He knew that we were living in a world without hope. A world gone mad. Because if you look at the world, it has gone mad. It's not in isolation. It's not in pockets anymore. It's in the entire world where things are topsy-turvy. If ever there was a time that we needed Christ to come back, I think now's the time. Yeah. With all due respect. I want you just to listen to this poem. If our greatest need had been for information... God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been for money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been for pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But God knew that our greatest need was for salvation. And so he sent us a saviour. Isn't that comforting? Isn't that comforting this morning? God knew that there were going to be hard times, difficult times, then and now. The uncertainty and severity of the world events that would overwhelm us. God knew that there were kingdoms and powers that were going to be established, and that these kingdoms and powers would gain uh, ascendance and domination over others. He knew that uh, this world would be filled with uh, 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 all uh, people, leaders who gather, followers of falsehoods. And God also knew that when those kingdoms had served their purpose, they would come crumbling down. So that his purpose and his kingdom could reign forever. And so often when we just look at the the temporary thing, we think, well, yeah. What are we being subjected to? You know, how can we change things? The way we change things, and I want to encourage you, is get into that 21 days of prayer. Get into times of prayer, because when we pray, prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer changes things. The trouble with many of us is that our lives don't change to the extent that that it should, Is because we're not steeped in prayer. We're looking for a quick fix answer when we need to be praying things through waiting upon God. My ship, hear my voice. Okay? And so we need to know that voice. Okay. So God knew we needed a new kingdom. A kingdom where hope and real peace would be everlasting. And you know where that kingdom is found? In Jesus. When I come, the kingdom of heaven is nigh unto you. Where is the kingdom? The kingdom's within you. And so we have a new system that we operate from the inside out. Though we're in this world, we're not of this world. Yes, we may be subject to stuff, but we, we're, in a, we're in a greater kingdom. We're in a spiritual kingdom, okay? And I want to tell you, God says in that, in that angelic visitation, in that announcement, that there will be no end to that kingdom. Oh, I'm looking forward to that day. Man, I'm looking forward to that day with great anticipation when Jesus sets up his kingdom and he will reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That kingdom is not a physical kingdom so much as it is a spiritual kingdom. Built, you see, built out of love for us. That's why God came, because he loves us, okay? And so the central figure of our story today is not Mary, it's not Gabriel. It is God. You see, the central figure here is this God who gave us his son, Jesus. See, whose birth is the promise of God's redeeming love. Emmanuel, he'll call him Emmanuel, God with us. And Mary, though she was favored, she was just chosen by God to be an instrument in that part. She's not the mother of God as such because God has no beginning and God has no end. See, and so we've got to understand contextually she was just an instrument so that God's plan could be carried out in the world. See, and so we are favored today by God. See, and why are we favored? So we can tell the impossible story because it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. You know, we we understand biology. We understand how these things work. And so sometimes it's very difficult for us to get our minds around the impossible. But you know what? We serve a God who does the impossible. You see, when we can get to that place of understanding and embracing in our minds how, how God can do the impossible, maybe we'll see his power working greater and greater. See, Mary said to the angel, you know, how can this be? How can this be, all right? Since I'm a virgin... And then the angel came and this is the story that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and her conception was a miracle uh, in that sense because Jesus had to be born without sin. If it was in the natural sense, the uh, seed from the Father would then, the sins of the Father would have been passed through. But he's pure without sin. That's why he was able to go to that cross and die for us, okay? And so being favored of God is often difficult can you imagine how difficult it was for Mary in that moment? Visualizing, trying to visualize, trying to understand what her future is going to be. And sometimes it's difficult for us to receive that um, favor of God. Sometimes it is difficult because, you know, it takes great courage. Can you imagine the courage that she should have, would have had or must have had, all right? It took great strength, great energy. But most of all, great faith. And that's what I want to tell you here. So often when we are called to um, um, face stuff, what we would rather not face, to grow through stuff that we would not grow through, it takes faith to receive from God. It takes great courage, great strength to be able to say, okay, Lord, this is it. You see, because nothing's impossible with God, you know, and... The emphasis here, and this is, I just want to quickly touch this as we wind down to a close. Luke emphasizes, you see, Mary, as impossible as this is to you to understand, your relative, who is barren in her old age, is going to give birth. Now, Mary, if God can do the impossible with her, you think he could not do the impossible with you? See, God loves doing the impossible in situations that we can't do for ourselves. He loves to come and show how strong he is on our behalf. That's a demonstration of his love, but it takes faith. You see, so this is a real story about faith. Mary had to exercise faith in the word that was spoken and God calls us to exercise faith in the word that he has spoken to us in the form of the Bible. He calls us to believe and sometimes it takes great courage to believe and say, okay, you know, because what did Mary say? She said, be it unto me as you have said. I wonder as we come to this Christmas what would happen to your story. We've looked at Mary's story, there's lots of similarities. There are lots of things that we can identify with. See, she didn't have the privilege that we have to look back on her story. But that story had a beginning with that angelic visit and with her response Be it unto me, I'm the Lord's servant. Be it unto me as you have said. I wonder how your story would change this Christmas if you and I, like Mary, would come and say, I'm the Lord's servant. humor me. Can I ask you to do that? Can I ask you to humor me for a moment? Hello? C- can I get a response? Can-, can I ask you to humor me for a moment? You won't be offended. Pro- promise? Promise. Okay. Just wave at me if you're the Lord's servant. Don't be shy now. Be bold now. Exercise your faith. Okay. Okay. So all of you here are servants of the Lord in one way or another. How would your story change if you said to the Lord this morning, right now, what has the Holy Spirit said to you through this message? What has the Holy Spirit touched in your heart this morning through this message? And how would your response, if your response was like Mary's response, I'm your servant Lord, be it unto me as you've pointed out to me. How would your story end? How would your story change? How would God be able to bless others through your response? We are here. But it's going to take time to get to here. And when we are here, we can look back and say on the 2nd of December in 2018 when that silly old man came to preach. Uh, Sorry, you didn't call me silly. You, You called me ancient, that ancient old man. I remember the Holy Spirit touched my heart. God gave me a revelation. There was an inspiration that just touched me. There was a verse, and and now look what God did because of my response. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now, okay? You see, and so we're no different from Mary. We're highly favored. We are highly favored. God loves us so when you come to this Christmas, just think about this message and let God move in you and through you so that you can experience the impossible that he wants to make possible in your life. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And thank you so much for the privilege of having me here. May this Christmas be an exceptional Christmas for each and every one of you. May it be a time of regathering of family. May it be a time where things that need to be mended are mended. May it be a time where perhaps you're going to be more generous than you've ever been. But really may it just be a time where you experience the awesome, wonderful presence of a holy God who loves us so much. God bless you.